bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 16. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already, and the great positive feedback from these, from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available everywhere and anywhere that you have your podcast. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside of the local community support in the sport of motocross. We are part of a awesome sport, and I want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast for another episode and within this episode we have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and everything in between with that there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode first we will get into some local motocross racing action from north carolina virginia and south carolina with some of the loretta lynn area qualifiers starting this weekend and of course the loretta lynn grind is uh right now starting pretty much already some of the races has already uh started for areas so we'll get into that a little bit then we will have a call in from local north carolina native partzilla team prmx 250 supercross rider devin simonson about his 2023 season so far with two rounds completed his 2022 season and the struggles he faced uh last year uh, and looking forward to the Triple Crown in Arlington this weekend. Finally, we will get into some racing action that happened this weekend from Monster Energy AMA Supercross uh, from Oakland. So you and and of course, you guys already know that we're going to have so much more that we're going to talk about here on episode number 16 of the Imperative MX podcast. Make sure to check us out by searching uh, by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you have not already done so. Thank you guys so much for supporting us on all of the social media platforms as we continue to grow. But before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here on the Imperative MX podcast. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, and Mika Metals. Don't forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get a chance. A ton of new things are in the works and already live up on the website. All of the sponsor logos are at the top of the banner, so make sure to click on those logos and it will bring you directly to the companies that support us, their website. Purchase those products directly from the link on the website. It's quick and easy for you guys, and uh, we get a small slice of some of the companies, so Uh, Anything to help us out is greatly appreciated, and we thank you guys. And, of course, uh, we will be doing more updates, reads, galleries, and so much more in 2023. So be on the lookout for more coming on ImperativeMX.com, and we will get more into each of the awesome companies behind us here throughout this pod. 
support the ones that support the sport, like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes. And of course, helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast, the highly likable, knowledgeable, and this is, this is big, District 29, 2011, C-Class champion, Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? Oh, dude, you know, excited to get to another episode and sit here chilling with the little one, man. Yeah, I heard her back in the uh, in the background before we got started, and it sounded like she was ready to uh, talk about some moto. There was a lot of racing action that happened this weekend from professional all the way uh, to local, uh, Heavy D. Oh, yeah, dude, she was amped. She was ready for it. She's ready to get going, but, man, it, it, was, it was so much racing this past weekend, dude. You know, we had... Supercross, which was some insane racing. Definitely can't wait to get into that. And, you know, the local racing, uh, the NCMX series, they have one at Dreamville. And, dude, it looked like it was sick, man. Definitely can't wait to get into that one. Oh, absolutely. There was a lot of local action that happened this weekend at Dreamville, and we're going to get to that here in just a minute. But uh, speaking of local, if you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a pre-owned or new motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, whatever the case may be, and whatever you're looking for, make sure to stop by Princeton, West Virginia, or the other West Virginia Motorsports locations. Find your key to success. Don't forget to order your parts through West Virginia Motorsports for your current bike or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride and Heavy D. I mean, obviously, right, you want to get your oil filters and you want to get your air filters. You want to make sure your bike is clean, make sure there's no gunk in there. But, okay, we you can't catch them on fire, though, okay? Yeah, yeah let's not do that. I think the remedy for that, just just get pre-oiled. Just get pre-oiled filters and be done with. Yes. Yeah. At the time, my dad was like, no, you're going you to get out there and wash those units. So, you don't the avoid just pre old is the way to go. Yeah, I, I mean, man, we were we were, you know, Dad was stingy, man. He was like, "Hey, these four, these four air filters that you got, we're gonna make them last all year. So we, we, you know, you're gonna have to scrub them." And Heavy D, you got something for that? Oh, my mom said that she was like, "You know what? Giving them things, throw them in the wash machine, done deal." And it worked. Yeah, oh, it worked. It was it worked. After she got done washing them, she had a drying rack right in the kitchen. She would put them on with a fan, and it would smell like game. I had the best-smelling air filters known to man. That is unreal. So, like, none of the sticky residue got on the side of, like, the washing machine or dryer? I mean, well, you didn't dry them in the dryer, but in the washing machine? No, none. That's unreal. Like, your shirts, nothing? Nothing. Dude, my mom was crazy. She was a master at it, dude. She had it down pat. No like, kidding. Not to get off subject, but one time Travis Press, you know Travis Press. Oh, yeah, old TP. Oh, yeah. Yes. He left his helmet over at the test track one day in the mud. It, it sat overnight. And, it, like, it came a flood. He called me. He was like, hey, yo, Todd, can you go get my helmet and gloves? <laughs> and she washed it, and it was, like, brand new. He was like, it smells so good. How did she get it so clean? He's like, dude, it was gunky. Hey, she was a master at. I, you know what? I have to, I have to get her to tell me so we can do a little write up on that. 
Yeah, no, that would be that would be good, and for the website too. And also, uh, speaking of the website, I got a little local thing that I asked uh, Heavy D and uh, some other people that have been a part of the local scene and why they love uh, local racing, including myself, and what keeps bringing me, and also what you know what made me want to start uh, the Imperative MX podcast to focus on local racing and all of that. So, um, speaking on local motocross racing. Um, NCMX Heavy D Dreamville was this weekend, and there was a lot of fast co- uh, fast guys there. Um, what did you hear down there? I obviously wasn't there. Uh, stayed here and did some training uh, myself on uh, on Sunday for some uh, for some kids. But uh, what about it, Heavy D? Yeah, dude, it was. It, I seen some pictures and photos, and uh, also my buddy, uh, two of, a couple of my buddies, Peyton Hoots and Brawley Stott. Um, they went down there. They made that, uh, you know, five-hour drive over to the Ville to get some uh, gay drops in because, you know, nothing has really started here yet. Everybody's still kind of doing the indoors ordeal. And, dude, it was legit. You know, I heard, you know, wagers and, you know, the whole NCMX crew had the track on point. And uh, it was one of his first races back, my buddy Briley, when he, he, uh, he broke his elbow and humerus or something else at the Burn Classic. He kind of slid out and his arm got ran over. So, it was his first race back, so he went to get uh, get some gate drops in before Daytona coming up. Uh-huh. Dude, it was it was sick, you know. Like I said, you know, it's it's um it's always good to go get some gate drops, dude. Like I know, you know, ain't nothing wrong with training. I'm not completely against training, but one thing you you can't there's no substitution for gate drops. Like that's like real situation, you know. No matter where you go, it's always going to be some kind of competition in some way, shape, or form. And So the best thing to do is go get it. And you can learn. Each time exactly. that you're on, on the gate, you can learn something from either a start, how to pass somebody, racecraft, technique, corners. It, I mean, how to deal, you know, you know, there could be a kid that's jumping, breaking bumps in front of you, and you're, you know, you may have never done it before, and – you finally got the confidence that way, that way, and you did it for the first time. And now every time you go to a track, you jump the breaking bumps, kind of like you know, you finally found your groove. Like you can learn and pick up on stuff like that. Like yes, like having kids and um, stuff like that to train, but for sure, going out and getting the gate drops is uh, the best thing. And that's why I think uh, Dreamville uh, was a good race, and obviously it was a great turnout with a lot of fast guys. Um, the next round. Uh, is Windy Hill, March 4th through the 5th. And uh, Heavy D and CMX got Suzuki on the contingency list. So uh, you know that I will be there uh, at these races uh, collecting, oh, my, uh, collecting my checks. You going to Windy Thrills? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying oh. just some of the NCMX. Because I think the Windy Hill is a Southeast uh, Winter Series um, race. Oh, I got you. I got you. Okay, okay. I, I believe so. But if somebody um, – Correct me, uh, please do. But uh, I know March fourth and fifth, Windy Hill, uh, they do have a uh, do have a race. So, uh, but Suzuki is definitely on the contingency list, so that's good. Oh, dude, yeah, that's awesome. They they're trying to make moves and get the series bigger and better. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's like I know, like we push on it a lot. Like I don't want like my thing is, you know, we all have our opinions. You know, you have your opinion on stuff. I have my opinion. One thing we mainly agree on is like racing and. If it wasn't for local racing, it wouldn't be no racing really at all. Right. So that's why, like, 
always push. Like, not even so much the NCMX series. Like, I love it. But anytime you can go race, race all these races if you can. Like, I get, you're going to get better. Like, if you go race, you will develop a race craft. That's how you get better. If yeah. you don't have a race craft, you, you can't really, you're not a, in my, you're not a racer because you don't have a race craft. Yep. Go get a race craft. Like, you can get that at local racing. Yep. And a lot of the uh, legends of the sport have always raced, right? Like, no matter what, that they have just always, uh, have always raced, uh, rather either professionally or on their way up, right? Like they always wanted to get those gate drops all the way until they were at the top, and then it kind of goes from there, right? But on your way oh, up, one hundred percent, you've got to get you've got to get these local gate drops. Oh, absolutely! The best racers, the best, the mo- the legends that all they did was race. Like they raced so much. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, we, had, we had one that raced. We had Jim Nissan. For the yeah. podcast last week, and he said it was nothing to race 40, 45 weekends out of the year. So, yeah, you had to. Yep, and that's you know, that, and, and that was his job, right? Like he was getting paid for that through contingency, and, and and I mean, obviously, congrats to him. He did it for a very long time, and and you know what's crazy, Heavy D, looking back on it now, uh, when I was going through and editing the pod, uh, for uh YouTube, putting all the uh, clips in there and everything. Um, yeah. Jim said in the very beginning when he was going through that he was that he was 42 when he quit at Minio's. And remember our conversation after we after we got him <laughs> off the line, and we were com- so confused, and we that just completely just brushed over our head, I guess. So, <laughs> so our fault, our, our fault, Jim, uh, on that. So, uh, but no, that's uh, that's funny. So, um, the ridge. MX is scheduled to be open this weekend in Sanford, North Carolina, weather, uh, weather permitting, of course. Uh, the weather has just not been good to Sanford, North Carolina, uh, the Ridge MX there, uh, formerly known as the Devil's, uh, Devil's Ridge MX. But, uh, yeah, this weekend, if the weather stays calm, uh, then they will be having their open uh, practice this weekend. So make sure to, to uh, go and check it out. Um, District 13. Uh, heavy D Loretta Lynn qualifier man it's it's coming up uh, Birch Creek uh, March 11th through the 12th and that is the first one that uh, that I will do um, and oh yeah uh, heavy D I just thought about it it is February 21st and uh, the bike is at the suspension shop I may go and ride this weekend on Sunday on like a 2023 KX 250 that my buddy may let me ride and then he's also got a KX 500 so oh, the 500 the 500 right, well you know may have to get a little bit of content you know <laughs> you know hey, so drop the hammer uh just what i'm saying is that i'm trying to qualify for loretta's and i absolutely i'm not going to lie i have done nothing uh and it's you know the 21st and the area qualifier is in what two weeks three weeks so we're hey. doing we're doing good the best ones qualify We'll see what uh, happens. <laughs> all right. You know, I mean, sometimes it, it's just that that grind. I think, you know, when, when, when we get to the age we are, like, not trying to downplay it. But, you know, for some people, like, you know, that grind works. You know, oh, and then oh, some yeah. people, it's like, you know, you, you work your ass off and it works. And then you got some, like, hey, like, they work so hard, it kind of just, like, mine – like just it screws their mind up because they feel like they work so hard and they put so much pressure on themselves 
and you got some that you know what I'm just making it to go have fun, and that's the best part. That's like how Robert Berry did. Yeah, you know, went and had fun and repped that American flag hard as hell. Loved it so much. I mean, true American badass right there for real local legend. Like that's how you do it. Just go have fun. Get to the ranch, you go have fun. Yep, and that's all. I, I mean, whether I make it or not, right? I'm still going to the ranch. I already have that on my schedule, no matter what. It it, it would be a bonus if I do make it. Uh, but uh, regardless of the fact, uh, south of the border is having their area southeast uh, Loretta Lynn qualifier this weekend, February 25th through the 26th. Uh, so if you were da- down and around that area uh, this weekend, it's crazy that it is this close. Uh, or I mean like this uh towards the end of february like it i mean it's crazy how fast time flies it's 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 unbelievable um and then ncmp uh april 22nd through the 23rd is the next um qualifier area qualifier if you don't um, either make it at south of the border or you can't make south of the border. So uh, there are other tracks, of course, but um, I'm just kind of just going with the ones that are in uh, kind of our local area and vicinity. So make sure to go and check the website out if you are looking for more um, on that. But uh, speaking of local Heavy D, we have the local native Partzilla Team PRMX, Devin Simonson here on the line. For over 10 years, uh, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics have manufactured, designed, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help their customers get the look they want in a short amount of time. So make sure to go and check out Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. They are doing all of my uh, RMZ 450 graphics. They're doing all of our banners. There is a lot of good stuff. Heavy D, you know that they got a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. They got that new, I call it the flicker and shine mm-hmm. graphics because I don't know the correct pronunciation for what that graphics is called. I want to say Halo Hollow, but I know I'm way out in that field with that shit, so I ain't even going to try to tempt it no more. Oh, absolutely. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics. Use code IMPERATIVEMX, all caps, no space. And uh, no local legend segment this week, but we do have a local North Carolina native on the line right now, part of that Partzilla Team PRMX team, Devin Simonson, man. Welcome to the Imperative MX podcast. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, boys, for having me. Uh, I've been, uh, like, listening to the show for a little while now, and I, I've been waiting for the call from Heavy D, so uh, finally <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be on here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's that's good to know that you listen, and uh, yeah, man, thanks a lot. And uh, man, I know you had a uh, had a tough 2022 year, man, and uh, thankfully this year has been going uh, well for you uh, with two rounds down, uh, Houston and Tampa, and getting ready for this weekend, obviously. Uh, you switched from 3D Racing Yamaha team back uh, to Kawasaki all in 2022, and then uh, you had your gnarly injury uh, in Supercross. For the listeners that don't know, kind of walk us through and uh, what it has taken for you to even be back racing this year, because I know that that was pretty gnarly for you. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, I had a pretty rough year last year. Um, it's not really a secret. Like, I struggled out to even, like, you know, some of the, some of the weekends I'd barely made the night show. So 
Um, and then, yeah, I made the switch to PRMX about, um, let's see, a week, the week before St. Louis. And then I actually, I hit my head that pretty like my second day on the bike. Yeah. So, uh, I still raced St. Louis and kind of just struggled through the weekend. And yeah, uh, after then I had to, I had to get some answers, like just not feeling okay and, and really struggling with some head stuff. Um, so I, I went to a few different doctors and really it took me like, uh, I'd say, I think I went three or four different doctors before i actually got diagnosed with like uh, the post concussion concussion syndrome yeah um that was that was one thing in itself just trying to figure out what i actually have going on and like you know it, that i guess it was okay to feel like this like for for like a few times like i almost thought i was dying like is is not like bad as that sounds like yeah it it was it was pretty messed up for sure so uh yeah i eventually figured out what I had going on and then uh, reached out to a few people that I knew that uh, went out to the, the functional neurology and it's in uh, Minnetonka, Minnesota. Um, a few guys that race professionally as well have been out there for the same reasons um, and they said it worked it worked wonders on them. So cool. uh, I got in contact with them and pretty much within like the next two weeks, I think I was out there for like a week in the intensive care and they got me dialed in, man. So That's I can't good. really complain. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome, and you know, head, these head injuries. You know, we speak about it all the time, right? It's really big in football, but it's also obviously very, very uh, big in our sport as well. We all know here uh, on this uh, on this podcast, um, and it's something you really don't want to mess with, and you want to make sure that you slow down and you you make sure you get that right before you go and do anything, because you know this sport is so gnarly that anything could happen, you know, at a snap of a finger and you want to make sure that you're all right up there to uh, be able to handle whatever comes your way. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, 100%, that was my main thing really was like, okay, and, and that was even my, I, I probably like started feeling okay, you know, two or three months before I even rode again. Like I, I just wanted to make sure I, I was 110% before I even like threw my leg over a bike again because yeah, that was like out of all the injuries I've had, I've torn my rotator cuff and labrum, like you know, broke my leg, broke my arm. Like out of anything I've ever went through, that was by far the the hardest and gnarliest thing uh, yet. So, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a thing you really can't control, and I think that that's kind of what the what the scary part is, right? So, um, but man, uh, let's uh, let's hype it up a little bit, man. Your 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 preseason, you you know, uh you're still part of that partzilla uh team prmx and uh you're still be you're still training at the uh, same facility that you've been at for a really long time man uh talk about that and the uh off season testing and training with the guys and uh kind of everything before coming into uh houston yeah so uh before i i really even uh got into like the preseason you know i i rode a couple weeks of outdoors and after you know eight months off the bike i was uh, it might not have been quite as like quite eight, but it was it was close. And my first couple of weeks, like I I felt almost like a, a squirrel. I was like, dang, dude, do I even know how to ride or, like ride anymore? Like yeah. I, I was I was scrubbing, I was sketchy. I was like, dang, dude, like this is this is crazy. Yeah. And then yeah, like I I hopped on Supercross and uh, yeah, it, I mean it took me a while to get my flow back again out there. Like uh, I would say a good you know month and a half, two months, like of just everyday grinding, like. Just, just trying to get back, you know, back in my feet and just knowing that I'm able to do certain things like, you know, wheel tapping this or scrubbing this, you know, doing this, like through the whoops, you know, just 
little stuff like that. It, it was tough to get back, but yeah, it's, it's been good. Uh, like you said, I've been here at South of border for shoot since 2013. So yeah, a good amount of time here and, uh, everybody here is like family to me. So, uh, it's cool that the team's able to be here and that, uh, we're all able to train together. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I know that you've been there for a really long time. So, um, I figured that if you probably moved away or got away from the facility, I feel like things would be a little, um, maybe harder or difficult for you because I know that you love that facility and everything's been working there. So I'm glad to see that this team is, um, you know, stationed there, uh, for you so that you can do all of your things there. Right. So, um, Devin Simonson, part of the Partzilla team PRMX riding the 250 Supercross East here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number 16, Heavy D. Yeah, dude, it's, it's awesome. Like, it's crazy because, like, uh, we have been talking about getting Simonson on for a while, and yep. it's just like we've been in the fast lane, like, just trying to get stuff lined up, working regular jobs, like, rushing to get home just to get an episode in. Yeah. And – Zach was like, did you hit Simonson up? I was like, I'm glad you reminded me. (laughs) He was ready. I was like, thank God. He didn't be like, I can't do it this week, but maybe in like a week or two. He was like, I've been waiting. I was like, hell yeah. Look at this whole market. (laughs) Yeah, no, literally, I've been waiting, man. So, (laughs) Nah, dude, it was sick because like the first round of the um, East Coast, like once you got the main dude, uh, what was it? You, yeah, you went to LCQ, right? No, no, I made it straight no. to the heat. You the heat? That's right, that's right, that's right. Because dude, when you put the move on Welton, dude, I got up and I was like, "That's a grown man right there. <laughs> that is a grown <laughs> man right there." I was like, "He got dog in him." That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he gave my guy a point back. I was like. Oh, that's an assassin. That ain't even a assassin. That's an assassin right there. Don't play with my boy. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, like, well, that okay. So that was that round two. That was at Tampa. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, like from Houston to Tampa, like you, like I said, I took all that time off, and like last year I struggled. So when I got to Houston, like I, I really didn't know what to expect out of myself. Like it's been a long time since I, I raced against those guys. So yeah, there I was. I was stoked to make it straight to the main out of the heat race for the eighth. But then, yeah, Tampa, like Heavy D was saying, I, I got into the LCQ, which is not a fun place to be. If no, anybody, no. no. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's cutthroat in any race out there, really. Like, you're not really, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, when I was out in the LCQ and then Welton, yeah, he made that pass on me with, like, I think a turn to go, which is pretty much my fault. I completely butchered the last lap. Um got, <laughs> or something so um yeah when i made that move on him like i really he, he blocked it inside at the beginning of the turn and i was kind of like damn like i don't i don't think i'm gonna be able to make this happen you know and then i seen the opening and i was like all right here it is like this is all or nothing right here yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like uh, all good like he he never said anything to me but i i completely expect like if it was the other way around you know like he he would have made the same move on me and or as anyone you know um yeah don't make that I mean, you don't really make much money if you're you're in the uh well in the lcq and not going to the main so uh it's just part of it and you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes so i wonder yeah, if that's uh, what i love i wonder if hunter thought about that when he was going into thrasher i wonder if he thought about what exactly you did and kind of just went in there <laughs> yeah it, yeah who knows like you 
those guys watch those races, I feel like, sometimes, so you never know what, uh, yeah, they, they might have picked up on it, or I don't know, yeah. Yeah, you might have. Uh, dude, he had to. Yeah. He yeah. had to. Yeah, because you slid that, in kind of the, the exact same and everything. Like, he picked up on it for sure, you know, because they're watching it because they want to see how the track's breaking down, right, before they go out there before the parade lap and all that. So, of course, they're watching, you know. Oh, yeah. dude, like, like I always say, I'm a firm believer. I don't care if you're the fastest dude. You can always learn something from somebody else. And he straight up, like, cheated off my guy's test paper. Like, you need to charge for that shit, Simon. You need to go get in on uh, what Phil's got, like the deal that he's got with the Jets and Donuts. You got to go <laughs> There you in. go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um Man, I was in Tampa. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to uh, come by and uh, come by and see you. But what wild conditions you guys had to go through? And um, man, you had a gnarly uh, crash in practice. I saw the like last little clip of it, um, last little bit of it. Man, it looked gnarly. It was raining on and off all day. The sand, the whoops. Man, the track was so hard for you guys. And I'm so glad I was in the stands, man. What take us through it with you, like? That sand section, long sand, are you a fan of the sand or no on Soupy? Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> so really up, up until this year, like, I I thought it was sick, you know, and then I, I get to Houston and I'm like, oh, sweet, you know, we have a sand section and I go out there in the first practice and I crash and it, I'm like, damn, really? Like, and so I was like, all right, I'll be better this next one. And honestly, the whole night, like, I struggled in the sand. I don't know. I like, don't know if I completely forgot how like, ride sand but the thing is too is like that stuff's like bottomless like it's not just regular like uh you know you go to a sand track there's some sort of like bottom to it yeah for the most part like it, it's at some point it starts getting hard on the bottom like it's never like an endless thing like at, at the supercross it's like it's endless almost like it never reaches the bottom so uh or like that hard base that you get almost if yeah. that makes sense yeah um, so yeah i after Tampa too, or yeah, after Tampa as well. Like I'm not a big fan. No. <laughs> after that one, it was it. Um, yeah. You weren't. You didn't. Oh, you weren't. Uh, I don't think you, in 2020, with the last time they were there, uh, you went pro in 21, right? Or 2020. Yeah, I went there. Um, I, I actually was at Tampa for that race, but I did the uh, futures or oh, okay, was, the amateurs whatever. or whatever it was. Right. Yeah. I had to get my pro points, so. I and, but even then, they scraped all the sand pretty much off, and it was just like a little bit. It, it hit that bottom, you know. It got down to the hard, hard dirt underneath. But yeah, man, that uh, that sand section is, I guess, two weeks ago was, it was kind of gnarly. Yeah, no kidding. Cause uh, I went over there and talked to Luke and uh, Jim Neese, and uh, I was like, Jim, it looked like they went out there to the beach and just dug a huge hole and just took whatever they got and just dumped it right there, and it, that's it. Like, it was so yeah. deep. It was ridiculous. And Jim looked at me as soon as I was telling him that. He's like, dude, you have no idea. It's unreal. Because, you know, like, <clears throat> these factories, factory bikes, right, they have a little bit more grunt to them, right? Like, and, man, as soon as you guys would hit, you could just see that there was just, like, it, it was so hard for you guys, and I can only imagine. And, um man but the whoops too like all day long like if you tried to skim them you were going from left to right or right to left it was never really a straight line and then the one line that they really had there through the um through the middle of the main event 
Um, it looked rough because it was, you know, still raining on and off uh, all the way through. It had to be, you know, still pretty tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole track really was gnarly. Like you had, like you said, the sand section that you could lose, like felt like five seconds in a lap just in that section. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, you get you get to the whoops and you might have a sketchy moment there. You know, you lose another couple seconds. So, yeah, the and then even the dragons back, like when, like once you, uh, like you said, when it started raining, like that stuff gets slick, you know, and and then your even your bike gets slick, your plastics start getting slick, so you lose that grip that you might have had, you know, a lap ago, and then you come around the same, try to hit it the same, and you're just sliding everywhere, and yeah, it, it made for a tough like racing night, yes, for sure, especially like when we got into the main event. I think we were like seven or eight minutes in, and then it just started pouring rain yeah then your goggles you know, I, I was pretty much all the way through i only put on a stack of seven for the main event oh, wow. usually that's enough yeah yeah so i was pretty much almost through on my tear-offs when it started raining so uh okay. that was a bit of a struggle but uh yeah i like i said the track was just gnarly all around like that was one of the tougher supercrosses i've probably ever raced yeah heavy d yeah dude that, that's pretty crazy like I was like, even watching some of the other guys, it was like they like slowed down so much, I guess because of the way they had their bikes set up for if it was dry and then it rained, it, you know, it started raining. So, of course, that changes a lot right there. So everybody just like completely slowed down. But, you know, somehow, this is off subject, but you've grown your hair out a lot more. So, like, did your hair getting like wet play a factor in that whole ordeal? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> oh, dude, the pro is gnarly right now. So I was thinking, like, dude, I know they had to put some weight on him right there if that thing got drenched. You know, I didn't even think about that. Probably did. But <laughs> tell me, tell the engine guy, like, man, I swear this thing was faster the other day. Like, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny oh man oh, um, one of the one of the first times uh i've heard your name uh quite a bit um i think when you were pretty much on your um kind of upbringing i was kind of coming out of the sport so i didn't really get to see you very much and uh like you said uh 2013 um you went to south of the border but um man one of the first times i actually got to uh, witness you ride was uh in 2019 the high point uh the regional qualifier um you were on the yamaha that year and uh you won the a class very dominantly um and man i think i don't remember if it was in practice or what it was but man there were a couple times where you threw it upside down over the quad that schmelian almost died on a couple of years ago um yeah, Dude, yeah. that was that was insane and to watch you there like you had you had really good speed and really good style and i knew that you would uh would you would you know go somewhere once you got everything together because i because if i remember correctly um there's been a little bit of um injuries in your past that has been uh kind of keeping you um kind of down a little bit do you agree yeah for sure even like like you said you know um Cause that year that you year, were feeling uh, really good. Yeah, like I was feeling that. That's some of the like best riding like I've probably ever done, and yeah. just feeling overall on the bike like I I felt like I couldn't do anything wrong, you know. Like uh, I just felt like I could push that edge everywhere and and get away with it. Oh and, yeah, nineteen. That dude. 
oh, I was there with Trey that year. That was when yeah. Hammerhead and all them was there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I ended up beating those guys. And yeah. Was, Dude, by a lot. Yeah. Like, by a Every lot. Every yeah. Dude. He was You were coming down that, that hill before the um, before the finish line, before the triple. You were coming down that table, and you found a breaking bump. Like, halfway up that small little, like, kicker roller thing that they had going down the hill. Um, but you would almost, like, float over it, and you would just get back on the gas where everybody else was breaking at that point because they hit the kicker. Dude, it was, it was unreal to see some of the lines and some of the – um, stuff because I was there um, racing in twenty five plus, but man, I was picking up on some of your lines, and it was honestly unreal to to see from you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Yeah, like you said, like I, I just felt really good on the bike that year. Like it, it was kind of crazy, and like I, I almost wish I could go back to then and like get that feeling back. Because honestly, like since since then, I haven't really felt that. I, I rode. I think uh, that was you know whatever probably a month or two before Loretta's I think maybe and yep. uh, so I ended up coming back south of the border and just being you know I was I think I was 18 or 19 at the time and I wanted to make a little money so two weeks before Loretta's probably not in my best interest but I went up to a race in Ohio to try to make a little bit of cash and that's a uh, one of those things like I like I said I literally felt like I couldn't do anything wrong and this uh, I was probably three laps into the moto and I was like, all right, this lap, like, there was a little turning single around, like, this, like, sh- like chicane. It kind of went right, left, but there was a single on the inside. And I was like, all right, I can, like, literally just hold it wide open off this thing, and, you know, I'll land in the ruts and whatever, you know. And, uh, yeah, so finally I came around, like, third lap, and I told myself, all right, like, this is it. Like, I'm just going to do it. And then uh, I did it, and I ended up landing a little sideways in the ruts, and I high-sided pretty bad, and, that's when uh, I tore my rotator cuff and labrum. So that was mm. like two weeks before the rest. And I ended up having like a, I think I tore like four out of the four, five muscles or something like that, that the rotator cuff makes up. And then, uh, yeah, I completely tore the labrum. So I was out for the reddest that year. And then, uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a bummer, but it is what it is now. And if anything, it just taught me to always, you know, be on your toes and don't ever think you're uh, too good enough. So. Yeah, uh, we got to get the 2021 vibes back, Devin. Uh, we got to get that that eighth back at uh, Indy three. We got to get that back. We got to get some top fifteens. Oh, we we got to get that back, Devin. Are we are we gonna are we getting there this year? Are we gonna try and get there? Yeah, no, for sure. Like I have I have high hopes for for you know coming back to that. Like for sure, hundred percent. I I think I'm capable of it. Like like I said, uh, my first my first race at Houston was like my since uh the last time i raced those guys was like april 4th or something i think yeah it was it was uh yeah it was literally like a year and like two months yeah yeah so so like like i said when i came into that race i I didn't know what to expect at all and then i make it straight to the main and like i was beyond stoked with just that like just being able to come back from off and what i went through like people you know people don't really understand like how tough that was like you know, you can sit here and tell people all day how you felt and blah, blah, blah. But unless you've actually been through it, like, you, you know what I mean? They, they don't know. And, uh, so just to be able to come back and do that. And then I had a little bike malfunction in that main. And then, yeah, like you said, at Tampa, I crashed on press day, just landed on some hay bales and hurt myself. Kind of just hit my knee up or bang my knee up and hurt my heel pretty bad. Um, not nothing that a little adrenaline can't fix, you know? Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> so, like the uh, yeah, triple crown? You a fan of the triple crowns? 
man. You got to deal with him this weekend. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm what? looking for like I've never I've never made a triple crown, but I've also only uh, I think I've only done one, and that was last year at Arlington. But just didn't have the right uh, what is what I want to say um, not it's not equipment, but just right you know personnel and stuff just helping me get to the races and stuff like yeah just kind of struggle with some of that and it made it tough on me so yeah uh what have you um i'm actually looking it up right now but um what what have you been qualifying in um overall in time qualifying so it's really crazy like that that was part of the reason why at houston too i think i qualified like 26 and like which isn't bad but it's not good. Like I, I'm really not a good practicer, I guess. Like that was when we came back uh, and then at Tampa, I think I qualified like 27th. So 26 and 27, which is not great by no means get you in the night show for sure. But after like I qualified 26, I was like, man, I felt like I was kind of ripping, you know? Yeah. But, uh, uh yeah. And Houston, I guess I go ahead. I guess I can really say like, I, I feel like it, I get that extra fire under me when the, when the gate drops, like for a race, you know, yeah. you get that little bit of send in you or whatever you want to call oh, it. Oh, I, I, I know usually watching you race, but just cause I've watched you for so long, yeah. I know when you're about to go like, j- just throw down because when you're on the gate, you don't move. You just yeah. like, you just sit there. I'm like, okay, the dog, the dog's right there. That, that, that grown <laughs> man is on the line right now. <laughs> And yeah, when nah. he's like that, dude, he's about to dig in somebody's ass. Excuse, excuse <laughs> my friend, but... Yeah, no, I there's like yeah, like you said, like I'm I'm probably a much better racer than I am a practicer. Like, um, but we we really worked on that. We got a uh, Craig Reese as our on the bike trainer and off the bike trainer. So yeah, um, we've been working hard, like just on some sprints, a lot of sprints this past two weeks, like just to help that like I, that's what i told him i was like if there's anything i want to fix like it's just my sprint speed like or and it's not even the sprint speed in the motos it's just in practice like i need to be able to put you know two or three fast laps together at one time and and they need to be fast like yeah. so that's one of my main things and that's my goal like i i told myself like i'll be in a practice this week and i was like as long as if i'm you know from 12 to 15 in that range in a practice this week like i'll be pretty happy so yeah no, that's especially uh, for it to be practiced. So, yeah, uh, you, Dude, it's, it's been 26 you and 27 for you for the qualifying, by the way. Yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> I thought so. So, yeah, MVD. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, I think it's hard, dude, like, because you raced a lot in amateur ranks, like, you were constantly racing, so you like, like we was talking about earlier, like, you developed that race craft, but you got something, it's hard to get on that race pace and practice like you you just it's like you know the difference and you can't get your mind to click over to do it in practice sometimes yeah i agree like for sure um i like even my dad is like man what like why can you not go like go as fast as you do in the race i'm like dude i don't know like i feel like i am you know like i'm like i feel like i'm trying just as hard like i don't uh yeah like i don't know if those guys like you know other guys might practice better than they race you know so it could go either way or, or you know, then there's other guys that are just fast in both. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to like, I guess, balance it out where, you know, you're, 
you're good enough in practice and then you're you're even better in the race or you're good super good at both so it's just something you got to work out i guess yeah do you feel like if there was um like some maybe more like if there was like a super cross track somewhere around like the north carolina south carolina virginia area or something like that like if there was like off weekends and stuff would you want to do like local racing again because that's what you've done for a long time or are you kind of past that point and good with just focusing on what you're doing and what your future is or do you still like going to some of these local races yeah no i i love going racing like i'll go to any local race you know but i will say like now that i i pretty much pay for my racing so if i go to a local race like uh, as I don't know if this sounds bad or not, but there's got to be some sort of money involved, you know? Yeah. Like, it's your job. Oh, no. I, I think I so. Yeah. I think yeah. So. I, I don't make very much money racing Supercross. I mean, I make enough to get by and, you know, do what I got to do, but I don't make enough to, you know, go spend three, four hundred bucks or maybe even more if you're certain places, going certain places, you know, to go race a local race and, and not make anything. So, yeah. And that that's what kind of makes it tough. Like, I um, shoot, I think Windy Hill, which is, I don't know, an hour yeah. or so from here had, yeah. they had their big money race. And I think I, I rode like two days. As soon as I got back from my head injury, I rode like two days and I was like, I'm going racing. Like, why not? You know what I mean? If I can make, if I can just make my money back, like whatever, you know, I haven't rode in however long. And I was like, hey, it'll be fun just to go race with those guys again. So. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's awesome. And you know, racers, racers race. Right. And like, that's just one of the things that, you know, Matt Burkeen always says it, right? Like we just, yeah, we're just racers man at heart and like that's one of the things too like i trained with jim for 12 years you know we did races 40 40 races out of the year you know for like two three four years in a row and um so now it's kind of it's kind of odd for me not to race and i know this is kind of off topic a little bit but um for you is it is it wild for you to be lining up on the gate and you look left and right and you're seeing some of the guys that you've been watching for years and years like is that still like kind of get to you or are you kind of over that phase now man like that the first year i will say it probably yeah it got to me but like now i'm not really like i guess you 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 do it so many times or whatever you want to say and you start realizing like all right i'm one of these guys you know like kind of expect yourself to be there but definitely like my first my first race for supercross race uh in houston i think in 21 came out in the heat race didn't qualify very good but again like i came out uh, in the heat race i think i came off the start like third or second and i had uh it was like um maybe i think colt or craig or christian craig colt nichols or christian craig in the lead and then it was like oldenburg and then me um and then i had like the other star guy behind me and i had you know so on and so forth and I was like shitting bricks. Yeah, in your in your helmet, you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, like I, you know, you, you go into that race and you're expecting to do good, but then you come out in third in the heat race and like you got all these guys behind you, like you said, that you've been looking up to for however long, and then you're like, oh shit, like I'm up here, like I got it. Hey, he's out there. I'm in the middle of a shit sandwich right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you got like, re- you got just a bunch of revs behind you, like wide open. These kids, they got you know no responsibilities it don't matter like wide open man like yeah no it it was insane like that was probably some of my worst lap like first lap i've ever done you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like freak, totally freaking out and 
it like yeah it got better obviously as the season went on but it was just yeah that first race i i remember like vividly like it just being like holy shit like excuse my language <laughs> yeah, but yeah no, you're good <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there, I was like, oh, shit, like, ah, this is crazy, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, local legends, um, who, who do you have one? Uh, man. You know you know what Dude. I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. like, like I just... guess not really. Uh, well, so it's tough for me because, you know, I, I, I ended up actually moving to South, or South North Carolina. I was bouncing around from both. But I ended up moving here when I was, like, 12. Okay. So I didn't really, like, I guess, I don't know. I didn't do too much watching around here either. I was always racing. And, I honestly, I can't even really remember, like, back then. He was too busy wreaking head. Yeah, probably. (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) I said he was too busy wreaking head. Yeah, probably, yeah, literally. Probably. probably? But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I – I can't really like put a name to one if I do, you know, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, heavy D any, uh, any last questions here? Yes. What reason I said, okay, that's how I know, because I know he was freaking happy. Cause that's how I met him. Um, I was making this story. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> like, it's funny. like I knew like when you asked him, I was like, he's probably not going to be able to tell you cause he was too busy. Like, Standing to some shit when he was younger. Like, I know he was because I met him. It was like 2012. What was it? 2012, 2013 at Loretta's? Yeah, some, some one of them years. Yeah. It was one of those years. And like, we're, we're down at like the rope swing at the creek. And it was a shit ton of people down there. And dude, he was just like a little bar. He was just running around pissing people off. <laughs> and he was taking dollar bills and ripping them up. <laughs> Which I want you to know right now, I would never do that. I, did. I could really, I could really use those dollar bills right about now. Yeah. Is that, that's why I go racing every weekend. Yeah, and like dude, every time he would rip one, it was tearing my heart apart, like literally. And and uh, dude, he was like, he just, he was laughing. He was like, I'll do it again. I was like, dude, don't do that. Please don't do that. And he literally walks up right in my face, puts it in my face, and rips that shit in half. Oh, and I picked no. him up and I chucked him in the creek. Oh, I, I threw oh, his ass no, in the creek. Devin. And come to find oh. out, I didn't even know he was Devin. I've heard so much of him, but didn't know he was Devin Simonson at the time. Dude, I chucked Wait, him did you deserve it, up. Devin? No, yeah, I definitely did. Like, that, that's crazy because, like I said, like, I. I don't, I don't know if it's good or bad, but I don't really like remember too much from back in the like back in those years. Yeah, and that's like, like that's one of those things. Like I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no. dude, I, I didn't even know he was racing. Like I, one, I didn't know he was Devin Simon. I heard of him so much because Logan would be like, "I'm going to hang with Devin," or somehow "I'm going to hang with Devin." I'm like, all right, so. He's just like, you know, most kids, like, some of them are running around wreaking havoc, but they kind of keep it to, like, a level because they're racing because, you know, their parents are like, if you get hurt, it's your ass when you get back because yeah. they spend so much money. Yeah. No, this no sides of this with him. Like, he was going balls to the wall every step of the way. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
was yeah, was man. riding really the only thing that kind of somewhat calmed you down, or were you still well? You're probably still wide open out on the track anyway, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, but probably like I said, yeah. <laughs> 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 like. It, it's crazy because, like, sometimes, like, some people will tell me some stories, like, from back then. I'm like, there ain't no way I did that. They're like, dude, I swear to God. I'm like, dang. Like, all right. Like, I was like, I guess I did. You know, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. That's but, yeah, no, that's one, the, that's one of the things I, I remember. That's whatever. That's, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, a pass really is a pass, right? <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Just know, anybody listening, I would not do that now i need this no yeah. no <laughs> hey this, this podcast is worldwide okay it's on it's on the world wide <laughs> web everybody's gonna know now that you rip up dollar bills in front of people all right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm just kidding man it's a uh, oh man it's awesome to have you here on episode number 15 of the imperative mx podcast partzilla team prmx south of the border uh anybody else you would like to thank and uh thank you for coming on to the Imperative MX podcast. Yeah, just uh, like you said, the parts of the PRMX crew uh, south of the border and the big ones like my my parents, my family, like they've, they've been behind me since day one. And especially, like I said, after last year, just not really knowing what's going on and just kind of not really knowing what's next for me. Like they, they stood behind me 100%. So couldn't really do it without them or be here without them. So just a big thank you to yeah my mom and dad and the rest of my family, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, uh, man, it's uh, it'll be good to see you out there this weekend at the Triple Crown. Uh, I think you'll get in and uh, and uh, have a good weekend, man, and uh, safe travels. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. man. Later. Yes, sir. Later. And that was Devin Simonson here on the Imperative MX Podcast. Man, it was good to hear from uh, Devin, Heavy D. Oh, dude, yeah, man. I love Devin. That's my guy. You know, we go way back. And, dude, this, I, like, I love watching him race and, you know, be out there at Supercross, making mains. And I know when he got like that, it was a seventh or eighth. I forgot what. what wasn't it an eighth? Mm-hmm. Indy yeah, three. yeah, yeah, yeah. Indy 3. Yep. Yep, Indy 3, dude. I was so stoked. Oh, dude. Me I, and remember, my boy, I remember me yelling and my boy at the TV, dude. Because I saw, I saw he was from North Carolina and – we didn't really get into it, um, which eventually, Heavy D, we're going to start having to do some uh, some just one-on-one interviews, maybe like, or not one-on-one, but, you know, myself, you, and, um, you know, the interviewer, or the interviewee, I should say. Um, just talk for like 45 minutes kind of about their background, get into their, like, mind a little bit. I, I have a segment, actually, inside the mind on the Imperative MX where I get into a little bit of, uh, that with some riders, but man, we got to do like a podcast. We got to have a sponsor on board that'd be willing to, uh, to help those out and maybe do those like weekly or something, because it would be cool to talk and kind of sit down and get a little bit more into a specific subject and dive a little bit deeper into it. What do you think, heavy D? Oh, dude, absolutely, man. Cause you know, a, a lot of people, they see these guys and see, you know, that they're local and from the area, but Man, they don't really know the backstory and how how deep it goes and what they went through and sacrificed to get where they are, man. Like, you know, he, like Devin is one, for instance. Like, he's well-known because, dude, they, you know, they've been through it. Like, you know, he, he really come from the – he comes from the mud, dog. He's grinded his way up. and Oh, yeah. Like, I know the year, like, the year he got hurt in 19, like, 
I legit thought that was the year he would have went to Loretta's and won and uh, got a deal. Like, I'm dude, not even – like, you seen him. Dude, when I say that, like, I, I, I've been to High Point National a handful of times, and, dude, he'd have been up there, bro. Like, if that was a pro-national weekend and that was a pro-national, same situation, whatever, bro, he would have been – he'd have been damn near top five, bro. Like, dude, he was flying. <laughs> Absolutely, he was ripping that weekend, man. Like it was, dude. That it was stacked that weekend too. But like, it's cool because you know, like I said, when Indy three when he got that, you know, the eighth or whatever. Um, me and my boy Trey, which Trey and Devin go way back. They go back farther than me and Devin do, and they grew up racing together. And we was all in the crib just chilling, and dude, we was going nuts because it's like you, you, you see somebody like from that time and you see him grow up and grind to get there. Yeah. And what they've been through is awesome. So actually like doing that segment and actually hearing a lot of these guys stories and backstories, it, I think it will change a lot of people's perspectives for sure. Absolutely. Cause like I said, I don't, I, you know, you see North Carolina there, but dude, like I, like Jordan Smith, bro. Like I never saw Jordan Smith at a local race. Never. Like, he must have been at the low part of North Carolina because, like, or maybe at Muddy Creek, and I just didn't notice him at the time. But, dude, like, I never saw Jordan Smith. I never saw um, Dax, but I knew I knew Dax kind of stayed to himself at the house and also did some lower North Carolina stuff and did a lot of stuff, like, down south, too. Um, so I knew their situations. But Devin, I didn't know until, realistically, I saw him at that, high point national or at that high point regional and uh yeah dude, it was unreal it, so it'd be cool to go back and be like dude what got you into the sport kind of like what what got you to this <clears throat> point right here you know it's, it's it's funny like even jordan like i'll like that's just I, I i would love to get him on i have to ask him because i mean that's his story to tell but like a little glimpse of it is like you didn't see him in a lot of local races because like it was all he could really do was practice at the time. I got you. Like he Tuesday and Thursdays, he was East Bend like every Tuesday and Thursday. I got you. Like, Devin was so. No, 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 Jordan. Jordan, Smith. Jordan. Okay, yeah, because I heard yeah. that he used to go to East Bend all the time, and I'm like, bro, what, what fucking year? He did. Yeah, like, I you'd have to hear the story from him, but they would go there and practice to save money so he could go to nationals. That's crazy, but hey. You have to do what you have to do. Yeah. No, you do, dude, like, legit. Like, that's just how it goes. I mean, it's, like, you never know anybody's backstory. That's what I'm telling you. Like, dude. even Devin, like, if we'd have stayed on more, he'd have told you a lot more, like, for sure. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. That was, that was just a glimpse of it, man. It's so many like that. Yeah. Because a lot of them, like, they get overlooked. It's crazy how many kids like that get overlooked, dude. It's it's honestly, it's like it's kind of sad. It is. Well, I mean, there's so many, right? And it's hard to and it's hard to really keep up with. But dude, I want to shine. I want to shine those lights on those dudes. Like, like Luke. Like, right. Like his dad was a professional, right? But I got to see the mm -hmm. entire way up. And what Jim said was right. Like he wasn't the fastest dude until he got to a certain <laughs> point, and then all of a sudden it clicked. Like. I remember well, Luke getting smoked all the time. You know what I'm saying? By dudes that he really should have beat. You know what I'm saying? But Honestly, I dude. don't think it wasn't he was slowed. In his era, 
Yeah. He, he, dude, his era was hard. hard. He had the Simonsons. He yeah. had the Fagers, like Trey Fagers. He had Amrica. He had Sixty. He, he had, had a lot of dudes. Dude, even, like, he had Cameron Cannon, uh, Joey Crown, Logan Stokes. Like, dude, he had the hardest era, I would say, there is. Jaleek Swole, like, he had them all. What was it? Top eight had factory rides? Dude, top 13 had factory rides. Oh, my fault. Top 13. So, the pretty much uh, damn near half of the field. Way off. Yes. That, but we'll take it. So, um, but, yeah, man, it's uh, – but, yeah, we got to do that because that would be really cool. If there is a company or any of our sponsors that would like to hop on board with that, we got to figure out a name for that because I think that, that would be – Really cool to go into uh, backstories on a lot of guys that um, a lot of people don't know the backstory behind because they're privateers. They're not the top of the sport, and they're not on everybody's radar, right? Like, um, man, if you just don't see it, like, you can never understand. Like, it's it's such a hard sport that you have to see it in person for you to understand, like, how gnarly it is. I think you have to have a little bit of knowledge in the sport, too. But even, like, Nicole, she, you know, like, she's never been into the sport until me and her got together, right? But she can look at a guy and be like, dude, he's flying. And then she could look at another guy and be like, what is he doing out there? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so. Dude, absolutely. This, and this, even now, dude, it's going to be kids now that are coming up. Like, I feel if they stick with it, they're going to have same stories. Like, they're going to have crazy stories to tell as well, too. Yep. Yep. Like even like Trey Kennard, he had he had a story. A lot of them have stories, you know. Even Stewart, Carmichael, all these dudes have stories. All of them are gnarly, and the way that they had to come up is gnarly. And you and if you think about it, Heavy D, no, not one, I believe, not one champion had a rich background as far as parents, investments, money, whatever. It was from the mud. Most of these champions were from the mud. They sold houses. Oh. They put more, you know, like all, the credit cards. Their parents went through everything to make sure that they got to where they got because they didn't have anything. So. Oh, Cooper. Like, Cooper Webb was one, too. Yep. Like, dude, the motorhome they had, his Bro. dad put four transmissions in it, and it broke in Mammoth, California. They were stranded. Hey, you want to hear a funny story, Heavy D, that I can't believe I've ever, or I may have mentioned it. Action Town. I could not tell you the year. Uh, it was for a qualifier, and his dad was sick, and we were parked next to him. His dad came over at about 6 o'clock in the morning. We get a knock on our uh, motorhome door. My dad goes and answer it, and it's, you know, his dad. He's like, hey, man, I'm not feeling too rough today. Is there any possibility that you guys could help Cooper on the line and just make sure that, you know, he's safe, and if he's not, come get me, you know, all of that good stuff. And me and my dad were like, yeah. So I took Cooper to the line every single moto for like his 15 motos or whatever that he did. So that was that was <laughs> that was pretty cool. And yeah, I mean, I got to see the motorhome, I got to see, you know, the trailer what they were, you know, doing on that day, helping him, you know, bike, all of this stuff, gas, you know, all of this and yeah, they even though his dad was a very good uh surfer, they didn't have a lot of money. Oh no. No, dude, his mom was a a, a, a gym teacher or something. I can't a, remember what. A math teacher? What, Ms. Or science yeah, I think teacher Ms. or something Trent. like that. Miss Tripp. Miss Tripp. Yeah, she was one of the two, and Bob built 
he just built surfboards. That's what that's what they did. And Cooper went to public school up until like his senior year. Yep. Yep. No, they they didn't have uh definitely didn't have much for sure. And no, we definitely gotta do that. That's a that's a good uh talking point, heavy D and uh Man, it was good to have De- Devin Simonson uh, here on the Imperative MX podcast to talk about his 2023 season. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the struggles, man. You know, your head, concussions, all of that stuff is nothing to mess with, and I'm glad that he's back um, to racing number one. And then also just to be back to where he is racing is uh, is honestly phenomenal and uh Shout out to him for uh, for making the comeback and everybody that's around him and in his circle, right? Oh yeah, dude. This this he's got good people in his circle, man. You know he's been a south of the border for a long time. Ryan Schaefer's always been in his corner, always will be. Schaefer's a good dude. So and you know the whole part Zilla team, it, it's good. He's a uh, he's there. You know it seems like he really likes that bike. He fits he fits in good with that team too. So I mean. I think it's only going to be more and more, you know, good things coming down his way without a doubt. Absolutely. I feel like he's got he, – he really gels with those Cowies. He really gels oh. with the Cowies. Yeah, he does for sure. So, uh, Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist himself, Garrett, to help eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. Drink hydropower.com to get your blue rest day. You can click on the top right of uh, the banner on the desktop or just on top uh, of the banner on your mobile. Uh, 10% off if you click on that link and use uh, for hydropower. And uh, make sure you get your blue raz today. Wow. And uh, you all right? Yeah, I just had a random cough that just. Popped up out of nowhere, you know. Just you better do this with hydropower. Yeah, I, you know what? Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and uh, and we're good. I got that blue raz. It's gonna help me uh, eliminate this arm pump from uh, from holding my papers up in the uh, holding my papers up, and it's gonna increase my endurance to to get me through of this adrenaline rush that we're about to get into here in just a minute of the Oakland Monster Energy AMA Supercross from this past weekend. But, yeah, Hydropower, make sure uh, you check out their website. Awesome reviews, amazing products. Helps me out all the way throughout the day. Michael Hicks, Luke Neese, and many other pros use Hydropower, so make sure to go and check them out. That is drinkhydropower.com. And uh, Mika Metals. Mika Metals strives to be the leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows to allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex rider's desire. Mika sprockets are made from 7075 aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Our unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. The 50 the 5020 Factory Series chains have a tensile strength of 9,100, and the X-Ring is over 10,000. So compare that with any competitors, and you will truly adjust less and ride more. So make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com. Heavy D, I got my parts list ordered. 
uh, or not ordered, but all together, and, man, it, it comes with a healthy price tag. And I'm glad that I have some amazing sponsors on board to help that uh, price go down. So make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com. Click on the link. Everything that's up there does help you in some way, shape, or form. Also, FXR Heavy D, we're about to get into some local racing where we show up and we look for those lick kits. And I'm telling you what, FXR has got some uh, lick kits. We will not, uh, or we will see the return uh, back to the East Coast with Jeremy Martin uh, this weekend on that muck-off FXR Club MX team. And uh, you know his kit's going to be looking good. And, yeah, the local scene the kids are going to be looking to uh, to fire this year, Heavy D. Oh, dude, they! I looked at uh, FXR's lineup, and dude, I'm telling you, like, are we still on the diet, dude? Three fifty nine. Your dude. boys dropping? No way! Fast. Wait, hold on, hold on. What, what what were we at? What did we start at, Heavy D? The unbelievable weight of three eighty four. All right, hold on. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna keep a tab on this, and you know, people people out there need to understand how hard this has got to be. Okay, this is how are you feeling, Heavy D? Like uh, how how is how are you feeling overall? I feel good. Like I feel a lot better. Um, honestly, it's like it's so much motivation to keep going, and it's just honestly eating better. Which I mean. Shouts to my girlfriend Maddie because she is like she's strict on it. So whatever she cooks and whatever she packs me, I gotta eat. So I mean, no, 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 no fried chickens and stuff like that. So it's definitely cutting back. But she, uh, she, she's cooking a, a stuff a lot healthier. You know, instead of like fried stuff, it's yeah. air fryer baked, and like it's just a lot better. And I feel better too. What's cool is. What's a big change for me is like I, I love to eat. I've always loved to eat, but now like instead of going back to like second plates and third plates or even big portions, yeah, you know, I eat a little bit and it's like I'm full. Like I can't even force myself to eat anymore. And also a bigger thing too was cutting out sugar. Yeah, because a lot of people don't realize like sugar fills you up, it bloats you. So like I noticed like dang like eating eating big plates and drinking a lot of like sweet tea and like, you sodas. know, yeah. sodas and stuff like, dude, it like my stomach would be so bloated out and I would be hurting. Yeah. So now like I cut that stuff out and like after I eat, it's like, I don't even really want to go back and eat another plate. I feel like satisfied and good. Unbelievable. Heavy D. This is, this is awesome. Awesome to see. You know, what's crazy is I wish that we lived a little bit closer cause I need to, I need to do a little bit of training myself. Dude, we could have, like, in the garage, you know, in the shop, in the studio, to have our own, like, little gym set up. Could, like, walk oh, over or moped over to the house, dude. Like, that would be that so would be cool. so legit. Right? Right? Maybe. Hey, we're, we're still looking for the North Carolina area, all right? Everybody just simmer down, okay? We're, the Carolinas is where it's at, man. I, I, it's just where it's at. I know. Heavy D, I know. I, I I know where all the action is. Okay, we're trying to get there. We're we're trying. Okay, I just gotta gotta find another full time job that I can deal with. <laughs> so, uh, but oh, but anyways, uh, FXR Heavy D, uh, the lit kits uh, are gonna look good this year at the local racing. You agree? 
Oh, dude, absolutely. Like, dude, I'm all, I'm over, I'm looking on DNC photos right now from Dreamville, and I see a few. I see some oh, FXR uh, Lucas. Uh, Mason Stamp was on there on that Club MX uh, graphics bike. There, I think he lives down there at Club, right? I think he's full. T- I think yeah. he's on the amateur team, right? I think he is. Yeah, he, he is on the amateur him. team. So I did see some uh, some photos from our buddy Derek Crocker, who actually uh, looking at the screen. Uh, right now, or actually, I may have the FXR uh, ad read up probably at this point. But anyways, uh, yeah, a lot of our photos from the Silver Valley race, uh, a good amount of them actually came from DNC photos. So, yeah. Oh, Derek kills it, dude. Oh, his, his, lens is, his lens is next level. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the shots are next level. And uh, you know what's crazy is he told me the other day that he got his uh, – he's going to his uh, first Supercross. So, to shoot, to shoot, yep, yep. First one to shoot for him coming up here soon. So, um, that's awesome. But uh, I'm gonna finish out this FXR ad read here from high performance snow rider wear to motocross gear. FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, whatever it is, FXR has you covered. In my opinion, Garrett Marchbank's opinion, Kyle Bitterman's opinion, go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. FXRRacing.com. Find them on social media as well. Thank you for their continuing support. And uh, Heavy D, Silver Valley, tell me about them. Hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Repeat that. Repeat that now. Uh, then the last part. Silver Valley. Tell me about them. Oh, the only local national. Uh, yes, sir. Tell me. Uh, a, tell me a little bit about the only local national. Let's 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 put it like this. And all my years of dirt bikes and being around, you know, I can I can say I've been around the globe. I've been to. The gnarliest tracks. That that's what I love about it. So, like, it is a true outdoor national track. Like, it is where you want to be. If you want to get a, you know what, all gate driving. But if you want to get the gnarliest, roughest tracks around, go to Silver Valley. Big fast country is absolutely in Silver Valley, man. I mean, they got a race coming up in April. And they also mm-hmm. have uh, the big shootout at the end of the year, along with maybe a um, GNCC in the, or not a GNCC, but something else, right? Uh, in there as well. Oh, like the, a uh, like spring enduro. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Sorry. I think they already had it. Okay, sorry if they already had it. Anyways, whatever the case may be, Silver Valley has you covered for gnarly, gnarly track conditions and. Make sure to uh, be there whenever a race is uh, up there for sure, and you will get all of the practice and all of the racing that uh, that you will need for uh, for your season. And man, it's uh, awesome, Heavy D, man. Let's let's get into uh, some Oakland Supercross here, man. Uh, let's talk about the 450 class. I mean, oh man, um, actually, actually. Actually, before you get before we get into that, uh, no arena cross talk. I, we we skipped it last week because uh, we had March Banks on to talk about Supercross. But um, 
Uh, Peters won uh, this weekend. They're going to Hobbs, New Mexico. Uh, do, do you remember what round it said, Heavy D? Round nine, round nine. Okay, so round nine, Hobbs, Same. New Mexico. Um, so do not miss out uh, on that. Whenever you get the uh, whenever you get the chance, and this weekend, obviously, it's on Fridays, so uh, don't miss out on that as well. But uh, yeah, Oakland Supercross 450 class. Um, man, go just take the reins, Heavy D. Like, 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 what? What caught your attention the most? Is it is it Sexton having a mistake again? Is it Tomac rebounding from Tampa? Or is it Webb just being the fifth or sixth fastest guy and just being there somehow at the end with like less than a second? Like what so, what's the story for you? For for me, it's it's funny, man. It's it's so all over the place. Okay, so I can start with Cooper just because I could say for him, he never he he don't give up on himself. He he don't just give up. He's gonna no matter how bad it's looking, he, he he's not gonna give up. Like I could kind of see already, like that wasn't really gonna be his unless he kind of stepped his game up in the whoop, which he's gotten a lot better than whoops, hands down. Yeah. But if he like picked it up just a tad more in the whoops, oh man, it, it'd be a different story. The the two whoop sections, well, the three count the dragons back. That that kind that, that that's what got him. But what helped was like he don't give up the whole entire time. Like he was still within that five to eight second range back there. I think the farthest it got back was maybe ten or eleven seconds, I think it was. Yeah. But he was still there, man. He's just mentally strong. Like for him, he ain't ever gonna give up. So like him catching up at the end, like that right there is just like, all right, y'all, he's not laying down now. He's going balls to the wall. The rest, just I think from here on out, he's going to be there trying to get those wins. As for Tomac, I don't really, to me, I don't, I ain't going to say, you could say it was a rebound, in my opinion, it really wasn't because it's like he's, he's smart. He's a seasoned veteran now. Like he knows, like, all right, every round ain't going to be like Tampa was. He can go win. That was a salvage race because he wasn't comfortable. And when he ain't comfortable, sometimes it's best just to salvage instead of trying to press and screwing up. That's where – that's kind of where almost in a sense Chase goes wrong. Like, he gets out so far, he – man. I don't even think it's so much – Go ahead, go ahead. You, you go ahead because I'm, it's mind-boggling for me right now. I, well, I'm, I'm actually in the in the works, uh, and I'll actually work on it actually after the pod and hopefully get it out tomorrow or Thursday, but do not quote me on it because it depends on what goes on tomorrow and the next day at work. Anyways, um, yeah, it it's going to be called Breakthrough. Like, is Chase Sexton going to have this breakthrough that after he gets, let's say, two in a row, Dude, it's game over for these guys. Cause dude, cause in Tampa, he was leading by five seconds. To, well, I would say like four to four to three and a half seconds for pretty much the entire main event there until the end, until it started to 
uh, go downhill. But this weekend – He got it up to six seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my theory is right. That, dude, he's been – like, let me ask you this, Heavy D, because I wanted to throw this in there, but I'd actually have to do a lot, a lot of research. Is my theory – or not theory, but is the fact right that you would say maybe – because Sexton only has two wins, right? Mm-hmm. Which is mind-boggling. Boggling. Just thinking yeah, about that, right? Because how, just how many times he's been out front. How many times has he thrown it away? How many wins would he actually have if he never threw him away? Like, he would have had to have had at least... I would say, okay, so he has two. I would say he's at least thrown six to eight away. Am I right on that? Like, pretty close? Including outdoors or just supercross? Just soupy, man. Yeah, it's it's on up there. It's a pretty you you you're in the ballpark. So, so you're telling me that he could already have ten wins and just rising because this year he's already had what three that he's thrown away? Oh yeah, back to back to back. Uh, well, what happened in um? What happened to Anna, Anaheim too? Oh, he went one five one for uh. Oh, did he get the win at the Triple Crown or the Tomac? Because he went one five one. I do know that. Well, Tomac crashed out at the Triple Crown. Oh yeah, that's right. So he may he may have gotten the win there because Kenny got third. Anyways, regardless of the fact, we're going back to a Triple Crown this weekend. When he actually breaks through, he is. He's going to be unstoppable because he's he's like I heard some people on some other podcasts saying that it's kind of almost like Stu. Like no, it is like it. it he's so fast. He's faster than everybody else. Just about right on. I mean, he qual. I, I don't. I think he qualified P one this weekend, or was it Anderson this weekend? I think it was Anderson, right? Mm-hmm. Um. No, it was uh okay. I'm way off. Anyways, regardless of the fact, he's been the fastest, but can't keep it together in the main events. But Stu, he could go on little three runs and then have like three bad races and then go on another three runs. So I don't know. Like, like what is it really gonna take to? for Sexton to break through this, or is this still it's, just just baby steps? Here, here, Here's my theory. This is my theory on this. And it's almost like a Stu and Carmichael situation where, you know, like, like Ricky used to say, if, and we all watch, if Stu would have just slowed down and chilled out, he'd have won. But I, I think w- what it is, here, here's the difference <clears throat> in a sense. Sexton's fast and Tomac's fast, but the the problem comes into play. Where, where the problem comes into play is Sexton knows Tomac can turn it on and stay consistent without making that mistake. So, like when Sexton gets out front, I don't think that he's like worried so much about Tomac, he is in a sense, 
But I think he's trying to, instead of just win the race, he's trying to dominate the race to where it gives Tomac no chance. No, I think that's I think where he's backwards. Going. I think it's backwards. I think he's trying to manage the race instead of just going out and doing his speed. And I thought about it, and then Justin Brayton was on the uh, Pulp Show last night, and he said the he said the same thing. He thinks that Sexton should just be going all out because that's what he does every single day, and he's perfectly fine. But when he gets to that point where he tries to manage the race is when the mistakes start happening, at least from his opinion and from what I thought about um, just re-watching the race and thinking about it. Um, and then when I heard JB said it, I was like, man, it, it seems so right. But we really all don't know. Like, and you have to give it up to Chase, man. He's been doing so well with these interviews. He's been going on the um, the Blair's breakdown at the end and going through what was wrong and taking a look at these uh, sections that he's messed up in. Like, it's well, what it like? Say for instance, okay, you, you're you know you ride your trainer. What's the closest distance between two points? The middle. Yeah, well, a straight line. The closest distance between two points is a straight line. If you noticed, every time he's crashed, like even last this past weekend, when he crashed, he was trying to hug the corners. If you noticed, he was getting faster. He was trying to pull away. Oh, I was so he confused by your question. I, 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 think oh. I, heard, I think I heard you wrong. That's why I gave – Anyways, go yeah, ahead. Probably, yeah. God, anyways. But he was he was cutting off track. He was trying to go faster. And like Ricky said, he was like, you know, like where he wrecked it was slick. And he tried to cut the corner off next to that tough block. If you watch, he was going to hug that thing and get a, a better angle past the mechanics area to get a better drive. He was cutting off because if you notice, he was almost like seven seconds before he crashed. Yeah. Like he started picking up time quick. And I think he's trying to get away. He's trying to pick it up to get away from whoever, whoever, whoever is behind him, which is basically Tomac most of the time. Or the last race, it was Cooper. So, but it's just he's trying to get away. And I think he's like mentally flustering himself. He's losing focus. I mean, that has to be the reason. Like that's the only real logical answer that I got. To be completely which that's, honest. It, and that goes back to the point you were making of why it's going wrong. Like, yeah, he's trying to manage the race by getting gone. Because if you notice, I know it's not outdoors, but when him and Tomac was battling, if he didn't get gone, Tomac was on his ass. And I mean, when Tomac would turn it up, he was pressing hard. And if he got if he got close to him and got by him, he was gone. Yeah, but maybe it's different in Soupy. Like, no, it it, it is it is, but. For us, it is. Like, I know it's different. I can see it's different because you don't have to ride like that in Soupy. It, you know, it's a it's a total, it's a complete flip. But I don't think in his mind it's different. Yeah. In his mind, he just sees he's still, if he gets close to me, it's going to be a dog fight. He don't, he don't see the true meaning of managing it, like getting out there and just staying consistent. He's trying to, like, press the pace. And when you press him, you can't, you know, like tracks change. You can only go so fast in certain sections. Sometimes you got to back it down to maintain a race. And you know how hard that has to be, like, just to 
just have these things thrown away, which, thank God, they haven't been as gnarly as they have been in the past to where he's either broke something or just got a complete DNF. So we can say he's better on that end um, and still in this title fight by um, seven points or whatever it is uh, tied with Coop. So it's his third year in. Uh, I just thought, I was like, man, that would be really good to just write up something because, man, it's just like, but, I mean, you agree. When he gets two in a row, I mean, like, Coop and Eli have got to be, got to be a little worried about him, right? Because they're like, because they're probably wondering, like, if he gets one, okay, but if he backs it up again, like, are we in trouble here? Because I feel like they all have mutual respect towards each other. Like, they all seem to have the respect towards each other. So, it seems all good on that end. Um, in, in in my opinion, it's going to it's going to have to be more than two. It, 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 it's got to be like, and I, I think you can do it. it it's got to be, it's, it sounds crazy, it's got to be four or more. It just can't be two. You think so? It, it's got to be four? To me, it's got to be four or more. Like if it's two, like they can, I, I think you know they'd be like, it's ah, four yeah. like the like your panic button. That's like them like opening up the the doors and running, knocking over things, and just jumping on top of this thing like panic button time. Well, yeah, because like look, like if you think about it, Chase one and outdoors like two. I want to say two or three back to back, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can keep talking. I'll I'll look it up. It, it was it was a couple back to back, and like then told me he just I don't really think he hit the panic button. He just turned it on and just started winning. He's like, all right, but Chase kept making mistakes too. Yeah. Like, so therefore, it's like I think in their mind, it's like he's going to mess up. Like this past weekend, Tomac getting pushed because honestly, I felt like he the way he was riding. He knew he was going to mess up. I think he was watching him push, and he, he was thinking, "I'm just going to chill." I don't. I think he will mess up. It's like he almost knew he was going to mess up. Uh, so in outdoors, he had. Uh, he had one time that he went one-one, and it was uh, Washougal and Unadilla, and then a buds he got fourth. Okay, yeah. So he got two back to back and. He didn't really – that didn't phase him. But Tomac, he just – I mean, he threw it on. He was like, all right, I, I can get him. Yeah. Buds was a weird race for him too. But um, anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, man, it's got to be so hard. But he's keeping it together. He's trying to stay positive. That's the best thing you could do. It seems like he has good people around him that are continuing to tell him these things. And obviously, he has a very bright future and a phenomenal riding style, and he'll go on to do great things. Um, but yeah, just get rid of the silly little, silly little mistakes, and man, he can be uh, really good. But also at the same time, you have to think about Cooper Webb and uh, Eli Tomac, both um, multiple race winners. Eli Tomac is uh, probably going to be on. Uh, the level of James Stewart or even past him by the end of this year. I mean, he tied Ricky Carmichael this year, or, I mean, just this past weekend, which is honestly unbelievable, Heavy D. Like, 
Eli Tomac is tied with Ricky Carmichael on Supercross <laughs> wins. Did you, there's no way you thought about that with Eli Tomac coming up, right? No. Honestly, it's funny. Like, a couple years ago, I didn't even know he was that close. I, I don't remember him winning that many Supercross races. Right. Outdoors? Oh, yeah. Well, you got to think. Remember the years that he lost the title? That year that he lost the uh, the title to Dungey in 17? You know he won nine races that year? Now, that's my – out of 17 races, you win nine Yes, still you know the, the year before that, he won eight. You know the year before that, he won seven. Like, bro. Okay. Like – that. Let's see. The point system is fudged up. If you win that many races and still lose a title. But it's part of – it's part of our sport, man, is consistency, right? Like, so, I mean – Yes and no. I like I like the two point gap or the three point gap, but sometimes I do like to see it come a little closer. So maybe knocking it back down to two. But I uh, I mean I don't I don't know. Like that's way above my pay grade to even really think about. At least in my opinion, I think it's pretty good where it is. But yes, I mean I can see where you're coming from. Um, uh, AP. Got another fourth. Good for AP. Seems like he's hey. uh, digging that digging that bike, and he was uh, he was spicy in that heat race too. So, Aaron Dale G. Earnhardt Plessinger. Yep, he's on the he's on the rise. There will be an on the rise he's series the rise. about yeah. Oh, dude, about AP. He's he's about to be on the rise. Heavy D. If you want to send me a little paragraph, I'll throw it in there too. If you want to write a little something about AP. Hey. I'm on that. AP's the man, dude. That was that was cool. Even though that he probably did not want to be 30 seconds back of the top three guys, but at least he's, you know, he's beating some great guys. So, um, and he deserves to be there. He's riding like he deserves to be there. So, um, good for AP. Uh, Anderson and Barsha. Uh, they both finished uh, fifth and sixth. They had a gnarly battle there for a little bit with Rocks, and we were watching that for a little bit. But, man, oh, dude. me and you were rubbing yeah. our hands together. We were all in the chat rubbing our hands together for a little Barsha and Anderson battle, but it unfortunately oh, never happened. That's that's not even the bone I want to pick. The bone I want to pick, I love Barsha. I, ain't got no, I love him and Anderson. I ain't got nothing against them. But what I think is bullshit, literally, he he took Cicerello out. Adam gave him the line and he still took him out. And yeah. you know what? No penalty. It's okay. Nothing. Gave him nothing for that. Like, <clears throat> dude, honestly, I didn't like that pass and honestly, I really didn't like McAdoo's pass either. Like, people were saying that Pierce started it, but like, I don't I don't even really know if he really start, I mean, he's just right. Dude, he was faster than him. Like, he's going to be coming up fast. And McAdoo's hurt I a little bit. I don't know. I just don't I like mean, the whole look back thing. Like, the look back thing is just, it, it just is, I don't know. It just, it almost what? is like the execution. It's just like the execution style, like, I got you type thing. Man, I'm just. The inconsistency, dude, it's like, here's my thing. Uh, I'm a person, like, 
it, I, people are gonna hate it, but I don't really care. I I, I think takeouts are like not okay to me. They're cool. It, it's not a safe way by any means, but I I think it's entertaining. Yeah, it makes it Definitely, more interesting. I yes, I don't want to see nobody get hurt, but also in a in, in my opinion, it's got to be a fairness to this when they hand this shit out, like. Well, it you needs to be the same for everybody. Like, you know how in, exactly. the, in the LCQs, bro, it is literally anything goes and oh, you, you may get a slap on the wrist, and that is it. Dude, they, they fucking murder each other in the LCQs. Dude, for $100. About, Dude. Obliterate each other, and they say nothing. But soon as it's like, okay, we don't care about the LCQ dudes. They're sketchy. Like, let them do whatever. But, as, but when it comes, you go upstairs to where, like, the top five guys are and like shit starts happening oh then they want to they quick to jump in and okay you're fine you're on probation you can't do this all right if anderson took out barsha okay you gave him you gave him probation barsha clearly took out adam and adam surrendered he went as high as he could he surrendered that corner to him yeah he like he gave him all the room in the world and he still took him out you know what no problem and Unreal. I mean, same with McAdoo and Pierce. Like McAdoo, he I mean, I, I you know, it was intentional. He did that because he knew he he was trying not to get passed. He knew Pierce was faster. He Pierce was going to pass him. Like oh, yeah. there's no doubt about that. McAdoo was tired. He was he was gave out. That was all he had. Right then and there. Not to say like it'd be it, it wouldn't be different in any other race, but right then and there, he was tired. Like he and it was to the end of the race. He was trying to get on the podium. I mean, so. I mean, I, I get I mean, why he did it, right? I just. Oh, yeah. I, I, the head thing is what just got me. Like, like when you turn yeah. your head around and you know you've already made contact with the guy and you, head, and you head turn around to make sure you actually got the job done, that's just the thing that I don't like. Barsha's really good about just going in there and slamming him and never even looking back. Like. I'd be oh, much yeah. rather be fine with that because it, at least it makes it look like maybe you didn't know exactly how far you were and if the guy actually went down or not. But when you look back, I I don't know. I'm just not really. It's almost like taunting type thing, and I don't. I'm not really the biggest fan of that. But um, I do agree with your inconsistency on these penalties. Who gets penalized? Who doesn't get penalized? If fines are handed out, if points are deducted, if this or that, like, there are a lot of things that are very inconsistent with the well, penalties. Yeah, they. What 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 makes me the maddest is they. Okay, they. It's inconsistent to one, two. They'll penalize them and fine them, and then they'll advertise the shit out of it. Yep. Well, they'll use it as like as clout. And okay, they advertise the shit out of you. Already take money from them and you pay them shit. How does that even make sense? That's fucked up. Excuse my French. Like, you literally do the shittiest three things possible when it comes to this. But yet and still, okay, it's okay to make money off of it. Like, no, that's dog shit. Well, see, and just like the whole merchandise, like, I don't get why you can't go to a team truck and they have a either a girl or a guy, whatever, be doing merchandise for the teams. Like, I feel like I would much rather be going to pay my 40, 50, 
$80 hoodie, whatever the case, whatever it is, as a casual fan, I would much rather go to the exact team truck and be buying that merchandise from them so I know it goes directly to them and making sure that nobody else's hands touch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that that would be a very cool experience for, for the Fan Fest. Yes, it would be very crowded, and yes, there would be lined. But, like, that's a great way for these small companies like Partzilla Part, or uh, Team PRMX to make money is to sell their merchandise at these races, and unfortunately, they will not allow them to do that. Well, because you think about this, <coughs> and listen to this, like, keep, keep game on this. So, look at NASCAR. NASCAR jackets like M&M's, Lowe's, they sell them in Love's truck stops, Hess truck stops, Flying J's, and they make a killing off of them. That's, a, that's another part of the reason these teams, like NASCAR, is so much money, because they sell merchandise like that. Yeah. Well, you see that gear moto, people want that. They want that shit. Like the the hats, the team shirts, the team jackets, like the track jackets. They want them. And dude, they they would sell those things for like a hundred and almost two hundred bucks. And people would buy the shit out of them. And you think they would never keep them. Every race they would sell out. And that's tens of thousands of dollars that would go to those teams. Man. But you know what? They cut that off because they got to make their money. People buy those monster, those janky ass Monster Energy Supercross shirts that've been the same since damn nom. People buy those, the Monster Energy Supercross hats, like just the little stuff. Yeah, and because if the team sold that stuff, they wouldn't sell a lick of that shit. No, um, I had to, um, uh, we had to get a jacket uh, because it got cold. <laughs> believe it or not, in Tampa, um. And so it got a little uh, gust and wind or whatever, and so I ended up uh, having to buy, uh, which I am I'm not very stoked on this. Uh, I mean, I am because it's kind of cool, but it's the uh, the I don't know if it's the official Star Racing uh, the whatever it was just whatever they had up there of the ET3, and it's got like the number plate of number one for Soupy from last year and from Designations and from uh, pro motocross on it. You want to know how much that thing mm-hmm. was, Heavy D? It was a hoodie. Probably like $80. $85, Heavy D. I was close. I bro. was close. I know that shit. <laughs> I will say it is very good quality, and it feels very good. But, bro, like, Imperative MX, when we have hoodies, they're going to be no more. Like, absolutely, no matter how high quality I go, they will never be over $50. And this is on... February 21st, 2023. So come back to me in 10 years. I swear I probably haven't changed unless uh, America has absolutely just gone rock bottom. But I guarantee that fucking hoodie ain't even screen printed. It's heat press in the back of one of those Monster Energy trailers. Guaranteed. That's what I'm saying. It's probably not. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm bringing it up because I'm embarrassed by saying that I had to buy it, but I didn't want to buy the Monster Energy AMA Supercross little you know whatever i needed a hat so i bought the super motocross hat which i'm okay with like it's a new thing whatever like cool but the hoodie like i don't know if that really was the star racing yamaha hoodie or 
if they Hell just made no. it in the very back of their of their whatever on very good quality whatever and just threw 85 bucks on there and they're going to make a killing every single time. Like that's right. what I think about this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say like it's just I would much rather my money be that $85 be actually going to the race team than um the merchandise booth at the uh, stadium where I've already spent a lot of my money getting to. So, think about this though. Okay, and here's why. If you do the math on this, this is this is just off the top of my head a, a, a quick number. If say there's roughly there's more than a thousand people at a Supercross race, hands down, easily. Yep. This is the bottom number. If you do a thousand people, just chop that in half and say half of those people buy that hoodie. 500 people at $85. That's roughly $42,500 right there. Yep. Ridiculous. That's that's quick money. And that's why they do it. Like, because they know people will so, buy it. And they know people like me will, well, because, I mean, all right, well, let me get, let's get into this. I know we are going way off topic here. But there are so many things that, they say at these supercrosses that are just absolutely untrue. Okay. First of all, uh, I'm going back to Tampa, okay? Because I didn't get into the rant last week. So this is this is my rant. So go to Tampa. Qualifying starts at 10 or at 12 whenever they open up the gates for us to go in and whatever. So we go in. I have no idea, number one, if I can even bring my camera because – uh, Ray, or Raymond James Stadium says I can, but I don't know if Feld Entertainment allows it. So I have no idea if I can even bring a bag because we're going to be in there for 10 hours. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if there's re-entry, uh, if there's non-re-entry. I have no idea. They have a huge speaker out where in the parking lot saying no re-entry, no cameras, no bags, no pretty much nothing. Like you are literally bringing yourself and that is it. Like, that's what it made it sound like when we're out there. So we're walking through the gate. I found another guy with a camera, and he said, they told me that I could bring my camera in, just no camera bag. I was like, okay, that's fine. I was like, but I'm already halfway through this line here to go through the security to get us in, and practice is pretty much going on right now, and I don't want to miss any of it. So I'm not walking my tail end all the way back to the truck just to go get it and come back and got to sit through all this shit again. There ain't no way. So we end up getting in, and I even asked a person to scan my ticket. I said, so you're telling me that I'm going to be in here for 10-plus hours tonight, and I can't go out. And the guy looked at me and said no. And I was like, dude, you have got to be shitting me. So um, we finally got up there, used the bathrooms, sat down, uh, started watching practice, and my sister and Nicole uh went to go to the bathroom and grab some drinks and on their uh and they took them a little bit and I was like I don't know like what are they doing you know so they came back and they were like oh well, we went to guest services and guest services were like yeah I don't know why they're saying that cuz you just go down to either this gate here or another gate on the other side and you get a stamp on your hand and as long as you're back by 5 o'clock you can come back like go out Whatever, take a nap, come back. Make sure you're in the gate by 5 and you're good. I'm like, then why are they telling everybody that they can't come in and, like, all of this? So there's that. 
there's uh you you know you can't do this you can't do that so don't believe everything that they say at some of these stadiums because i've even seen it at the georgia dome before too so and also also i'm i'm never I, I the next time i the next time i go and i'm paying for a uh a ticket uh i am not sitting the kid i'm not sitting next to kids i can tell you that much like <laughs> that are not my own which i do not have any but holy wow. <laughs> i'm i'm moving i'm moving seats man like we did i'm mo- i'm moving seats but um yeah getting back on to the topic of just merchandise and paying for that stuff like i'd much rather be spending my 85 dollars to the team than to um you know the merchandise booth for sure so check this out when y'all were in there you wouldn't got something to drink and something to eat, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we did because if we would have had to leave, because I had to bring the hydropower stuff to Luke, and I grabbed some uh shirts so I can give it to them too, but I couldn't carry a bag, so we had to carry all of this stuff in there one by one. A couple, you know, each person had a couple of things in their hand for us to carry through, and we didn't have enough time to go out and go somewhere quick to get something to eat. Because in Tampa, it is a fucking mob scene everywhere. So for us to get five miles down the road takes you 50 minutes. So So check this out. It's like this. A lot of people don't realize you buy a ticket and you buy a pit pass. The pit pass, if I'm not mistaken, helps you get in for practice, to watch practice, I think it is. No, no, no. Your ticket now, like, you can come in at 12 o'clock and you can stay all the way okay. until 10 o'clock. You have to pay for the pit okay. pass separate. So, anywho, they, when they got you in there like that, here's how they save money. I'm pretty sure this is how this works, too. Failed has nothing to do with concessions and stuff at the, at the venues. Right. The venue, like the stadium, they get the concessions. They have their own people. Yep. And if you notice... A drink was probably what eight dollars. Well, that's why that's why they say no re-entry. It's it's all for them to make their profit to get in people's yeah. head. It's just like the news media, bro. That's why I don't watch the news. Like <laughs> because they cut them such a deal on the venue because they're going to make money. All those people they're going to make hellacious money off concessions when it's break time and people don't want to leave because it's such a hassle to get back in. Yeah. They raid the concessions and they charge out of the ass like a hot dog's probably like six dollars. Uh yeah I uh hold on. Hey Nicole, uh, what did we get for food? At... Yeah, what do? We... Oh yeah, we got popcorn. We got yeah, we we actually kind of got a lot. Oh yeah, we got bur- Oh, they had an Outback. Um, I forget they had a mm-hmm. it was called a Aussie Grill or something. But anyways, it was just like a food truck, but it was from Outback. And realistically, for all three of us, I think it was only like thirty four dollars or something. So I actually really was kind of actually impressed by that because it was. I think all of us got burger, fries, and a drink, and it was thirty four bucks. So I was actually pretty okay with that because uh, when I used to go to arena cross races like back in the day. You know, chicken tenders and fries was the main event course meal, you know. And absolutely, um, it would be like thirteen, fourteen dollars just for chicken tenders and fries at some of these venues, like unreal. So, damn, 
That's what my GM. Dude, I'm telling you, bro. Like, um, that's how it was at the uh, at the windows. Like when you would actually go to like just the um, not the outside. Like in the fan fest, they had a lot of extra vendors out there. But if you actually went into the stadium and got food, bro. That's what mm-hmm. Nicole, Nicole said that that's what their prices were were like 12 13 bucks for chicken tenders and fries. And that's yeah. without yeah. a drink. Mm-hmm. Sounds, about right. Sounds about right. So she said a regular beverage was like 10 or 12 bucks, but we found a um uh a spot where uh it was like a Tampa Bay Bucks like cup and it was 10 bucks but free refills all the way throughout the day. So 100% I got that. Cause I was like, dude, that's easy. Yeah. Like you just go here and just be like, I need a refill. So, um, that's a dude. Yeah. Gotta get my diet Coke in. Gotta get that fixed. Um, anyways, we got way off topic other than the race in uh, in Oakland, but we're going to wrap this up, um, a little bit. It's getting here. It's getting pretty late here on the, uh, on the East coast <laughs> and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Sexton's got to pull it together. Webb, uh, he's just mentally fit and mentally strong, and no matter if he's never the fastest, he can always figure it out. So, uh, and then obviously Tomac, uh, this is going to be a very, very good, uh, good battle to the end, uh, 100% heavy D. I think that this is going all the way uh, to Salt Lake City. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's going all the way, dude. This, it, and I'm loving it. You know, I'm loving it. It's definitely going all the way to Salt Lake. Yeah, and for the fans that haven't watched it and are just now getting into it this year, this is a great year to watch. So there's a lot of storylines, of course, and we got to we got into Barsha a little bit and Anderson's situation. Craig, best finish in seventh. That's good for Craig, Heavy D. It seems like he's starting to gain maybe that little momentum that he needs. Yeah, dude, it's just it's one of those, it, it just takes time, you know. You like I said, race race craft, race pace, you know. He he stepped up there with the big dog, dude. And he's been there before. He's raced four fifties in the past, but yep. like now it's it's gnarly, different bike, and it's just an adjustment, man. You know, you got to get comfortable with that pace. In order to get comfortable with that pace, you got to be comfortable on the bike. You know, you, you got to find yourself on the bike. You know, you gotta you gotta see when you can push it, or when you gotta back it down, or how long you can stay out there and you know give that grind the whole uh, twenty minutes plus two or twenty minutes plus one. Uh, of that whole main event, you know, so it's just one of those things. He keeps racing. He's learning more and he'll get there. It's just, it's just going to take some time. Absolutely. And, uh, man, the track was gnarly this weekend. I remember watching the very first, uh, practice session, uh, that came up on race day live. First thing that popped into my mind when I was watching these guys go over and seeing some of these transitions and the whoops, um, the back-to-back whoop section with the dragon back in the middle, I'm like, dude, this track is going to be so gnarly for the guys. And Eli Tomac said, even said himself, he said, I was scared, pretty much shitless, uh, going out there through through the main event. And Dean Wilson said uh, on, um, uh, I think it was the post-race interview with Steve, I think, he said, uh, he said, I was rolling the whoop section and I stopped on the parade lap and just looked in front of me and behind me and just in my head, I said, what the fuck you want me to do here? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, cause dude, they're just so jagged and dude, it was, it was a gnarly track. And after the race, those, I mean, those dudes are fried. So it was a gnarly track and 
Um, yeah, good for uh, Christian Craig to uh, to get that seventh. Joey Savacci eighth. That's a good good finish for him. Normally he's right around that nine ten. So him to get an eighth, that's good. Uh, Colt ninth, uh, better than his twelfth uh, and eleventh and thirteenth that he's been getting. So good for Colt. Uh, Cooper got a top ten. Um, yeah, I didn't really see much of Jay Coop. He uh, was kind of a ghost to me, kind of all day. Um, Kenny eleventh. Heavy D, he got a heat yeah. race win. Is that kind of really the only positive we can take out of this Oakland? Um, yeah, he, he's getting there. It's just a learning curve, you know. He's he, he he's trying different stuff, you know. He, he's got the freedom to try different stuff. And, you know, I think what he did, what they had for the heat race worked. But, you know, you get to the main tracks a little bit different. Oh, well, a lot, a lot different, especially yeah. after 250s. It was speed. Yeah. You know, I think that that setup probably didn't work for the main, you know. And it's just one of those things they got to see. You, you, you don't know. You can you go to the test track, you test all week, but it doesn't emulate the race condition, you know. So I think, like, right now, you know, if it, and I think he's going to be, you know, racing several more years, I feel like. So, I mean, they just – they're getting good data yeah. um, from race conditions. Like, you know, it may have been 11, but that – they seen with that show a kit that that that's not the way they want they need to go uh, in the future for a main event. They they should uh, they got to change some stuff up. So it is getting there. And the only way to know, you know, is go out there and try it. You know, yeah. it, it's going to be it's just going to be one of those things. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad. It, it's, it, it, you got to you got to test out test out your theory and you know see if your hypothesis was good at the end. Yeah, and he hasn't been on the bike since 16. So um, it's going to take him a while, and there hasn't been a lot of R&D, obviously, with the uh, with the motorcycle in the past couple of years and a lot of new faces on that HEP uh, Progressive X-Star Suzuki team. So um, it's going to take him a little bit, but, I mean, it seems like Kenny's enjoying the grind trying to get it back uh, to – uh, winning ways, and I mean, hit, winning a heat race over over Anderson. Uh, Anderson, I think if he didn't have probation, probably would have knocked Kenny there for the heat race win. But um, regardless of the fact, good for Kenny uh, to um, at least get the heat race win. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, he was right there in that like fifth position, battling with uh, Anderson and Barsha there for a little bit. But then after that, it just kind of went downhill. Wilson twelfth. Uh, both Hill brothers apparently just stick together like glue instead of uh, Justin Hill in front. It was Josh Hill uh, this week, and uh, so that's uh, that's cool. AC, yeah, like we talked about, uh, but yeah, he said he couldn't really find a flow after he got knocked down, which is understandable. Um, I mean, he was probably trying to, is, I mean, he's just trying to see the lights uh, after that. I'm actually, I'm, I'm pumped he didn't try and get up and like try and push it. I'm, I, I'm glad he's just trying to stay healthy. And that's all he needed, you know, and that's what we've been talking about all year is just finish the race, Adam. This is this is good. Just finish. So, mm-hmm. so uh, good. Uh, Shane McGrath, 16th, best finish uh, this year for Shane, uh, if I remember correctly. So that's, uh, that's good for him. And uh, Benny Bloss, Chisholm, Cade, Moran's in 20th. Cartwright, good for him, uh, full-time. Uh, worker uh, throughout the week and racer on the weekend. So, and then Freddie uh, ended up in uh, 22nd. 
250 class heavy D. I mean, Jet ran away with it, and uh, man, he's he's good heavy D. I mean, he just pulls out a quad when he wants to, and you know he you know just rides away. You know, uh, dude, dude, ten I, second I'm, win. I'm almost, you know, I'm not even almost. I'm convinced that if RJ wouldn't have went down and Jet got out front, Pierce Brown was on his way. He was coming. He was coming. Pierce was coming, man. I think if he didn't get knocked down by um, McAdoo, he would have got Hampshire and he would have closed that gap. I don't think he would have kept. I don't think he would have caught Jet because he was already too far gone by that point. But no, I don't. I'm saying I don't think he would have. When Jet got out front, I didn't think he was going to catch him. I thought he was going to catch him. Because RJ was out front, the momentum he had going. Yeah, yeah. He had it because RJ was at a pace that was set, and Jet fell into that pace. Yeah. So until he would have got by RJ, I think Pierce would have pressed a little bit more. I think he would have been there. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Jet's got more in the tank, dude. Like that heat race, oh. like it just it just shows, dude. He's got so much more that he's not even showing. It's it. 2024 is going to be very interesting in the 450 Supercross class, I can tell you that much. And also, a lot of contracts oh, are up this year, dude. Like, uh, I think they were talking about it last night. Uh, top eight, or no, sorry. Top, uh, yeah, top nine in points right now are up for contract. Here's, here's a theory on this one, and I could be wrong. I've gotten some right, some wrong. Everybody was talking about like how Anderson thinks it's almost a joke, and he's making Kawasaki look bad. I'm not gonna like try and speak on him or say what he's thinking, but in my personal opinion, honestly, don't think he gives a shit because I feel like he's going to triumph in 2024. I just feel like he's just focused. Like, doesn't care is probably going too far, but he is just focused on just racing. Um... Oh yeah, I mean. Um, I mean, it's just one of those things, man. It's like, you know, I ain't gonna, I don't know, I ain't gonna say Tomac was unhappy, but I don't think he was the happiest at Cowie. I don't feel like Villapoto was the happiest at Cowie. Stewart wasn't the happiest at Cowie. Um, you know, I think me personally for Anderson, it was just like, hey, you know, I can go here and ride, I can compete on the bike, I can pick up some wins, I can still make money, have fun, or whatever. I don't think they're gonna give him. I don't think they were gonna give him the freedom like you know, Bobby Hewitt did or understand him as much. That's yeah. why I feel like you know, twenty twenty four. That's just my prediction. He's going to go ride the trial. He's going. He's following Bobby Hewitt. He's going to go where he's had success. He, he's going to go with the person that probably knows him better than anybody yep. and knows how you know to deal with his mental state and where he is. So like right now he's. He, he, he's flying, like they say. It was some races he, he could have won, but it, it was one of those things where, yeah, I mean, I think it just was what it was. So. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, going back, I mean, Anderson could win. Like, Anderson can can win these races, uh, and, and I'm very surprised that he hasn't won one yet. But, uh, you know, we're not even halfway through the season yet. So, uh, or we're getting close. Oh, well. Oh uh, yeah, we got like two more rounds until we're halfway, or one more round. But, um, yeah. So, uh, but the two fifty class, uh, it was uh, 
Yeah, Jed out front, uh, Hampshire second, McAdoo third, and uh, yeah, Pierce Brown got fourth, and fifth was. Um, uh, do you remember Heavy D off the top of your head? I cannot remember. Honestly, I don't because I was too focused on them going at it out front. Yeah, me too. So sorry about that. I did thought I had the results uh, pulled up, but I did not at that time. But guess what? I do now, Heavy D. Uh, uh, sorry, I am way off. Uh, Pierce got fifth. Oh, because he went down and uh, Levi got around him. That's right. So, uh, Lawrence, Hampshire, McAdoo, Kitchen, Brown, Lopes, six. Uh, I figured that he would have been maybe a little bit better, but still six, and he's uh, six in points right now, so uh, still not bad. Uh, he's uh, he's only – actually, he's tied with Kitchen right now in fifth, so fifth and six. So, um, Levi's just got the upper advantage because he's won that race. Um Volan in seventh. He had a really good heat race, I felt like. I felt like his heat rate was uh, was really strong. Um, Oldenburg in eighth. Thompson in ninth. Thompson had a bad crash. Did you see it? No. I don't um, think I did. It's on Team Solitaire's Twitter, but, yeah, dude, he had a gnarly one. Um, Mitchell Harrison, his best ride of the year uh, in tenth. Dylan Walsh. Uh, look at this. Look at this, Heavy D. It is a RM Army gang right here. 12, 13, 14. Robbie Wageman, Dylan Schwartz, Derek Drake. Love to see it. Love to see it. The only one that we're missing up here, Matt Moss. Let's speak about that. He screwed my fantasy, by the way. He screwed my fantasy, by the way. But. He was ripping. Dude. Third, third in his heat race. Whole shot. Third in his heat race. Yeah, dude, he would have been, like, top ten. Like, he would have been right there probably around Volan Lopes. Uh, yeah, oh, Oldenburg. He with, would have been right without there. Without a doubt. Unreal. Without a doubt. Um, yeah, RM Army strong. Um, Hunter Yoder um, got 15th. Uh, Anthony Rodriguez in 16th. Politelli in 17th. He rode really well. He's normally a 450 guy, jump, jumping down to the 250s. That's good for Politelli. Uh, Sanford, his first, uh, Maxwell Sanford, his first uh, main event this year on that West Coast. So good for uh, Sanford. Uh, Julian Bennick, is that the same Bennick that rode Futures or no? That's not, that's not the same one, right? No, I think it is. On a Cowie? I could be wrong. Yeah, see, that's what I we'll see this weekend. It's futures again this weekend too. Don't forget about that, people, uh, listeners. That is uh, futures is this weekend as well, along with the Triple Crown, and we see two fifty East this weekend, not West. So keep an eye out on that. Um, Hunter Slosser in twentieth, uh, Derek Kelly in twenty first, and Matt Moss obviously in. Uh, 22nd so uh yeah that was uh it was a unbelievable Oakland in at least the 450 class uh main event there was a little bit of chaos in the 250 class main event but not for the front oh yeah we can't forget about Tomac almost losing it at the end like dude I was like no way I was I was I was literally thinking what Daniel thought like no way when Webb wins this like this right like there's no way this happens like unreal 
Dude, you can see it was funny at the end. Like he was like, whew. He was like, what the hell? I don't even think it was so much like that he was worried he almost lost. I think he was like, how in the hell did he come back like that? Yeah. Well, um, he was uh, on the Pulp Show, like I said, last night, and he said that they were getting down to the plywood right there from where they were singling. Mm -hmm. They got down to the plywood, and his back tire uh, or front, whichever one, just completely slid, and then it finally caught dirt, and it just slung him to the right over uh, on the uh, tough block. So, um, But anyways, there was a lot of chaos that uh, endured in um, Oakland for sure and uh man this has been a awesome episode and we are here at the end of a phenomenal episode number 16 here on the imperative mx podcast spoke about upcoming events and races around the surrounding north carolina and virginia area along with some loretta lynn qualifier updates for the surrounding area then we spoke with partzilla team prmx sob rider Devin Simonson about his 2022 years, the injuries he uh, he had, his rise to 2023, and so much more from Devin in this episode. And finally, we wrapped it up with some Monster Energy AMA Supercross chat. It was more about uh, some other <laughs> talk than really the racing action, but we got into just about anything uh, dirt bike-related and racing. Uh, from this past weekend and so much more. We didn't speak about GNCC, uh, the big buck, but we, normally we don't do that. But I did see Stu Baylor ended up taking the win and did his famous uh, Brian Deegan loop out from the L.A. Coliseum in 1997. So um, it was good to uh, good to see and good to have all of the racing action and to have all of you, the listeners, a part of this amazing episode number 16 here on the imperative mx podcast and we also have to give a big thanks to the companies who make this possible west virginia motorsports fxr dirt industries custom graphics hydropower silver valley mx park and mika metals well that has been it for episode number 16 of the imperative mx podcast Make sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the case may be and whatever we are on, we are there. We'll see you guys on the next one. From myself, Zach Newberry, and my co-host, Heavy D, we're out. Peace. Later. <laughs>